I was thinking, I kind of wish that I had, like, a better understanding of this because there are, like, a lot of, like, law things that happen. And I always like to be able to use the fact that I have been inundated with law things since I was an infant. Yeah. Like, actually, that's not how this works. <laughs> I bet this is how it works. Yes, it's very determined to show you how things work. That's the yeah. whole point of the show is yeah. this is yeah. how it works. <laughs> I have a take that I feel like is a decent summation of this before we get into it is I felt like I was looking at, I felt like I was in an art museum and I had seen a bunch of art and then I came upon a room full of like photorealistic paintings and all I could say was like, wow, you did a good job of making that look like the thing. That really looks like the thing. Great work. I, it does make sense from you. It's like, this, yeah. you're the person who watches the televisioniest television that exists. And this yeah. is trying to be like the realest fucking shit. Yeah, in the and world. it was like, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, good. You really did it. It looks like a photo. That's insane. How you made it look like a photo. <laughs> I don't know that there's much more I could read into this. I have a note somewhere in here from when I was watching where I was like, when people say this is the best show of all time, they mean fully in like a very technical sense of like, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean in every component part of it, it's there, it's so realist. It's like people... This show equals the sum of its parts. Yeah, this show... Yeah. <laughs> this exactly... Yeah. Exactly the sum of its parts. This show is arguing like Bill Russell being the greatest of all time or like Will Chamberlain or just like, just across the board, through and through, just it does it all. It yeah. does it all. Except for elements of the supernatural. Yeah. I, for some reason, I was like, is there a moment at any... I that like, would no. be sick. <laughs> it's not a fucking... I would love... <laughs> there is not a remote... If they brought some witches into this show... There are some very TV characters in The Wire that we sadly didn't see in either of these two episodes. The like the most beloved of all I Wire characters, believe, Omar. I can't believe that Matt doesn't love anime. Just because of how much he loves, like, let's get some witches in this shit. We were talking at brunch about serial killers and how I'm just, like, you know, completely bored of them because yeah. uh, the person we were having brunch with was like, Ian, have you been watching Mayor of Easttown? And I immediately went, no. Why would I okay, watch that's that? about Why? one killer. I'm watching about Frasier. One what is wrong with you? Uh, yeah, I was like, because I was like, oh, because, yeah, there's shows, there's shows where people are like, okay, so there's this killer. And I'm like, oh, God. And, like, and the only person who can investigate it is this down-on-their-luck detective played by an Academy Award winner, and they're fucking miserable. And I'm just like, I don't give a shit about one of those shows. And they're, they're saying like, water. This, yeah. yeah, They're getting whatever. coffee from the Wawa. Exactly. There's a bunch of mannequin pussy music for some reason. <laughs> but if they're like, so there's this killer, and I was like, okay, uh-huh. And they're like, they're called the Virtual Ghost. No one's ever seen them. No one knows how they do it. But there's this one app on all of their phones. I'm like, yeah, okay. okay. That's sick. Now yeah. we're talking. Turns out they might, may or may not be a vampire. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, whoa, what's up? Wow, Danny now Phantom I'm went in. places. Steven? Hey. It's, as you know, the podcast where we do first and last episodes and save you all the time in between. It's... 9.58, and I really hope the beer that Stephen just cracked open made it onto the microphone sound so that you really know where we are at out here. I've been hanging out with people for about 12 straight days after a global pandemic, so I after. am feeling it. That's my influence, after. baby. Yeah, after. You're right. During a global pandemic still. But let me tell you, here in sunny, and by sunny I mean it was 45 degrees and really cold Columbus, Ohio, we're acting like this pandemic is long since over. I'm Ian Benson. Sitting on my couch, Stephen Dowden. You can't even call this shit a podcast. 
what, what, what can we call it? A podcast? Matsiani. Podcasts end. What's up? <laughs> Wait, why did you do the end of the episode at the, at the start of the episode? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay, so... I'm going to go to sleep, that's why. And then, alone this week, in, the, in his window, Travis Marmon. Well, hello. We're here on this episode of As You Know to talk about... A shortlist on the uh, a shortlist candidate for greatest show of all time, The Wire. One of the big four, I would say, um, certainly of the twenty first century TV dramas. Sopranos, Mad Men, Vampire and Diaries, Bad. yeah, Bad. <laughs> right. Vampire Diaries maybe fifth, but yeah. Uh, well, well, yeah those man, are... I'm sorry, I, I missed your your list other than Vampire Diaries. He said Files. Breaking Bad, Vampire Diaries. Oh, my my actual greatest. Riverdale. Yeah, Riverdale, Vampire Diaries, X-Files, Breaking Bad. Because you got to still get one in there. Breaking Bad (laughs) is fun. Breaking Bad is a blast. How could you not love Breaking Bad? Uh, Yeah, I mean, we could do like an entire series on, on those four not Matt's four, but of the, uh, you we could do a series on, the, the, on Matt's the four two, too. The, the, four the big, no one's stopping us. The two big HBO ones and the two right. big AMC ones, uh, and their impact and uh, relation to each other and uh, critical success and how they hold up and whatever. But how Travis uh, and I had a college advisor who had all of the movies, had the, like the DVD box set uh, of the series on her bookshelf, like next to her foreign literature to really, you know, let people know what she was about. There are college courses on this show, which is stupid. That's horrible. But yes, that's very dumb. Yeah. For yes. how much the I discourse mean, about this show so makes me want to do a jerk off motion, like so vigorously that I break my fucking forearm. The show itself actually did not make me want to do that Whoa. anywhere near as much as expected. <laughs> yeah. In many ways. Good. The discourse is what's bad. Yeah. Yeah, this this was the original Rick and Morty, I would say. <laughs> These two shows are indiscernible. Bursting. The Wire and Rick and Morty. Just breaking I mean, into they're basically a, the same show. Breaking well, into McDonald's. Just, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Omar Little. <laughs> and spinning around. Brandishing a shotgun, pointing it at someone. He's not even so, in these episodes. We have yeah, no, no idea. No, we will talk about that. But <laughs> the most famous we, character from this show, probably. <laughs> Before we can talk hey, about... Hey, everybody, I'm Snot Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some fries. I'm, I'm Assistant one? State's Attorney Rupert Bond, everybody. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> State Senator Clay Davis is here. Every time we she- talk about a new character... Yeah, Morty, <laughs> this show Morty. has so many characters. Every time a new I'm, one comes uh, up, you gotta do it. I'm, I'm Horseface Pakusa from season two. He's the guy that reads the magazine and says, thus far I'm undecided on fake tits, everybody. <laughs> hey, hey, it's me. It's, it's, I think I'm Nikki Sabatka, played by Pablo Schreiber. Yes, uh, Pablo, yes, Nikki. Um, Schreiber. Did you College know that I'm named for shit. Pablo Neruda and I'm Lee F. Schreiber's half-brother? Isn't that weird? <laughs> hey. Now, now this person's turning into gold member. Listen, I, it's been a day. Uh, Steven, I had a segue on getting back to, uh, talking about how this podcast works, because it was your pick this week. It was. Well, we since lost that, so I'm just saying, Steven, it was your pick this week. Why'd you pick The Wire? So, uh, Matt hates segues. Also, um, <laughs> the reason why I picked The Wire is because, like you said, there's four shows. 
Riverdale, Breaking Bad, <laughs> Breaking Bad, Sopranos, Brooklyn, the Wire, Staten Island, the, the Bronx, Manhattan. Stop doing this every episode. <laughs> Have you watched any of those shows? So, so Breaking Bad, I watched one season and was too sad because nothing good happened. Uh, I don't better. think I would feel that way. It no. doesn't get better. But yeah, yeah, it, it only gets worse. <laughs> That's the most also, fun season. <laughs> Also, though, that might be the most fun of those shows. By far. It's yeah. a blast. Yeah. And, I watched, and, 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 and get ready for the theme, because I watched a season. Mad Men, I watched two episodes and said, <laughs> this is boring as shit. It is. The Sopranos, also still good. I fully intend on watching all the way through someday. Uh, maybe The Sopranos, uh, is, the Sopranos is, is depressing, but it is fun, especially when you're just hanging with yeah. the fellas on that it show. Seems like yeah. so, it seems like something I would like to watch. The Wire is a show that people talk about so much and I knew nothing about. I didn't know that it, it took place in Philadelphia. It, I didn't know nope. that that was, that was a bit. Uh, okay. I didn't know. <laughs> there is at least one scene in Philadelphia in the show. Uh, I didn't. So I, like, I had, literally had no idea. I was like, I was like, ah, cops. There is some cops. So I was like, and, and, and we kept talking about how you didn't haven't done one of the big prestige shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that's the one Let's I want to do. the prestige show. The most joyless of all right. television ever made. Literally, I picked it because it's the prestige show. Matt, you would never watch it at all, right? That's right, yeah. Travis, how many times have you watched The Wire? I've seen the first four seasons three times. Why? Uh, season five, I watched... So, I mean, I can get into that. Uh, whatever. In college, uh, you and I both watched like most of season one together in our apartment, and then I watched the rest. Um, we made it through season two. Did we, were we both watching simultaneously for that for through season two? I don't we remember exactly. We, we kept it on the projector up through season two. Yeah, but I watched The Wire slowly over the course of my sophomore year of college and into summer, um, and then I was in the mood to watch it again. You know, after college during the like weird uh, like purgatory period of my life uh, before I like started working, and I watched the first four seasons again in 2014-15, and then a couple Christmases ago, I got Jonathan Abrams' oral history of the show, All the Pieces Matter, and that really got me into the mood to watch it again. And it's a show that rewards rewatching because it's so dense, and there's so much stuff that, like, you don't pick up on necessarily the first time. And, like, for me, personally, season five hits harder, uh, much more so as an adult, because I work in newspapers for the company that you know, doxing myself for the company that owns the fucking Baltimore Sun. If you watch season five, uh, episode one, they're like, yeah, Chicago just cut a, like cut a bunch of jobs there. And I'm like, Hmm, that, uh, still relevant today. <laughs> Goddamn. Uh, so that season hits different, even though it's still definitely the worst one. Uh, hmm. but I, I believe season, I would call the wire my second favorite drama of all time behind breaking bad and probably third favorite show behind curb. You're a fucking sadist. When you <laughs> yeah, you love like to feel bad watching that's, TV. That's I feel great watching most, Curb. I don't understand. It's the most I do love feel shit. bad media. I've said this many times. I the mean, Wire is also I mean, like it's a show with a lot of humor a and like sociopath. Yeah, he so, the podcast. Oh my god, for eight thirty p.m. Oh my god, so the, Stephen, I, I I'm going to you, put you in the fucking vacant homes. I believe you that there is a lot of humor so, in the, the Wire home. because part of. Part of my experience of watching it felt a lot like reading Moby Dick or Gravity's Rainbow, where you're like, if you just kind of glance at it, it's like, this is the most arduous, serious, 
dense, like unpleasant. Like, why would you ever want to mm-hmm. actually go through this? Because it's just a chore. Uh, but then you actually read it and find out that like most of it is just like jokes about dudes getting boners or whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, like, this is actually like the they, they definitely do things where they're like, we're going to throw you a bone and we're going to have some fun here for like 50 pages because you deserve it. And I feel like the, yeah. we definitely obviously don't get that in a pilot in a finale. And the wire is really poorly served by <laughs> this kind of show because we don't settle into anything. We just see the most serious way to introduce it and the most serious way to end it. I would say it's particularly poorly served because there's like, 60 major characters over the course of the wire that's so many fucking people. <laughs> or something like that like half the people that we met in episode Jesus one are like Christ. dead or in prison by the time we get to the finale where we meet there's a bunch of people that you guys have had nev- uh, not even come which close is to wild seen before because of the fact that there's like so many people in the finale that yeah. we had met no it's yeah it's most really remarkable officers. if you ask the average person to name a wire character they would say a character that appeared in every other episode but the first and the last one which is remarkable <laughs> Or maybe he didn't appear at all episode three. Omar's not an Omar is not a, a like every episode. I've player, heard that but name. He's just sure. his impact is so outsized on this show. Yeah, for how the much most, he's like, actually in it. The most famous one. Now, is that what you would wanted to say there, Stephen? Nope. I wanted to say that I realized I, I might have said, shared this on the podcast or just with one or two of you. But I have this new theory that if there's a piece of work that is like movie length or longer, movie book. TV show, you know, whatever, and there is no humor, it's bad. It doesn't matter what genre it is. If it doesn't acknowledge that comedy is such an important part of the human existence, whether it's comedy in, like, in-universe comedy or comedy about the universe, you know, you can do it either way. But if you aren't, like, if you aren't, if you don't add levity at all the whole time, it's bad. Okay, so that actually... That spins off of something that I was saying earlier uh, when I was discussing this with my girlfriend, which is I think I came up with my rules for whether I think a show is good and I've determined what I actually am looking for and put it into words, which is either they have to be having fun, you have to be having fun, or both. (laughs) But if none of the above, then it sucks shit. I bet at some point during The Wire... Okay, that's uh, yeah. somebody was having a good time, but oh my god, was nobody having fun in the episodes that we watched? So actually, not in this finale, no. Also, uh, Matt, actually, also this brings me to a piece of IMDb trivia about how little a good time was had by the people making the wire. Oh, great! Uh, which was so most of the cast the first season they were like, we don't really see the vision here. Uh, the the actor um, Wendell Pierce who played Bunk it's Wendell Pierce right yeah uh, he was like yeah I told my agent to call Law and Order while uh, <laughs> one of the other actors was just like yeah I thought the show was slow but they weren't the only people who weren't having a good time because also according to Andre Rojo the actor who played Bubbles the mayor hated us because he thought we made Baltimore look bad. He told the cops to come down on us for anything. Jaywalking, resisting arrest, loitering. People got arrested. Production was postponed sometimes because people were locked up. People went missing a couple days at a time. But it was crazy. I mean, it was amazing. That makes Baltimore the look much better. The most moment of my life. Jesus fucking Christ. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad this shit so. got made. In that, like, I mean, I, I feel that way anyway. But especially knowing that, I'm glad this shit got made all the way through. There were some people... Who wanted more from the show? 
You mean more episodes? More or seasons. More, stuff? More, more seasons. Okay. I wanted more from uh, the show. And included among those. So the show reached its like zenith, like its 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 zenith of critical acclaim at like the end of the show, where and then it had enough cultural sort of staying power in that way. And uh, there was a big name fan of the show who wanted another season. Uh, one day, and that was uh, Attorney General Eric Holder, <laughs> who uh, gen- oh. joked in 2011 that he would like to see another season of the show. The response from David Simon was, We are prepared to go to work on a season six of The Wire if the Department of Justice is equally ready to reconsider and address its continuing prosecution of our misguided, destructive, and dehumanizing drug prohibition. Hell yeah, baby. Holy shit. <laughs> we should definitely the talk IMDb, the piece about of David IMDb Simon. Trivia. Yeah, the piece of IMDb trivia ends with, as of 2017, the two sides appear to still be at a stalemate. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Anyways, The Wire is an American crime drama television series created and primarily written by author and former police reporter David Simon. It was broadcast by, it was broadcast on HBO and premiered on June 2nd, 2002, so happy 19th birthday shortly, or happy belated 19th birthday, The Wire, uh, and ended on March 9th, 2008. Uh, I ran for 60 episodes over five seasons. And the idea started out from a uh, police drama loosely based on the experience of Simon's writing partner, Ed Burns, who himself was a former homicide detective and public school teacher. Uh, and then, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's such a literary TV show. Uh, and it's important to note when talking about The Wire that David Simon had made his name on as a writer on Homicide. And, you know, Homicide so he Life was a on writer, the Street. Yeah, Homicide uh, writer on Lo- Homicide Life on the Street. Uh, and then adapted, you know, started working for uh, HBO with this, and then, you know, went on a legendary run still to this day with, you know, like, did The Wire, does Treme, Generation Kill, Show Me a Hero, The Deuce, like, Plot Against America, one of the most, you know... What cons- were all those things that weren't The Wire? I've not heard of any of them. They're all shows the that Deuce weren't very Treme. highly watched, but they were generally critically acclaimed. Yeah. I've not seen any of Treme. Um, the Deuce is about Times Square in the 70s and 80s, uh, it's also they all have the similar like bleak tone. Show me like to give you a real sense. David Simon probably the most David Simon show is Show Me Hero, which yes. is a mini series about the political machinations of trying to get a housing project off the ground in Yonkers in the eighties. It's uh, like Oscar all about Isaac bureaucracy and shit. Just watch a documentary, yeah. man. Yeah, like it was interesting, and I don't remember any of it except Oscar Isaac putting on Hungry Heart on a jukebox and dancing. Um, uh, and uh, David Simon received a MacArthur Genius Grant in 2010 because you know he needed that. He did. <laughs> good for him. Uh, I like the do the do's pretty good. Everybody's got a ho oh, oh, oh. Okay, I was like, what a god. <laughs> yeah, should we talk about David Simon a bit or? I can. I mean, you really if you want to talk about it. David Simon's like Twitter activity, which I'm I not going to talk about David Simon saying the N word with a soft A because he thought that he uh, had that kind of cred uh, like four years ago, but uh, it was funny when that happened. You um, can't say I'm not going to talk about and then talk. <laughs> that's say all I'm going to say. Just that that occurred. We laughed. We moved on. David Simon, <laughs> as a dude, it's he's kind of asshole. like a he's kind of like a weird like funhouse version of like Sorkin to me, where like. So he is a lib, and he has a lot of interest in upholding institutions, but he has a 
far more cynical take on it, obviously, than than Aaron Sorkin does, where it's all idealism and institutions will carry us through. Because the entire point of The Wire is like, all of our institutions are failing, and here's yeah, why. I was going to say, like, sort it of seemed like, very, like, not lib in its take on the role of the police, which I was but very But he does by. believe, but, like, it's very different than, like, what like you or I might think about police because he does believe in the concept of like good police work and yeah. there are characters on the show who like really do firmly believe that they can do a good with it and has the sort of idealized police. role of it but it's fucked up by obstructionists up top who want to like get their clearance rates up and juke the stats and right, okay. the money in the- it's all about how it all feeds into each other and basically that the end of season five was just like about the cyclical nature of this whole so thing. And this, every season this of the wire is very Gen X to me, like not yeah, quite definitely. making the real structural I critique and instead that. just like, it's all rotten to the core. Yeah. But like, he's not a revolutionary, but he's like a, as an observer, uh, you know, has a pretty dim view on a lot of how America runs. I, I, I was able to notice that, that like, that was sort of the theme of the, without understanding fucking anything about this show. It's very clear that he was like, yeah, Everything changes, but nothing changes. As far as that, the players like, change, but the game don't change. Right? Would be how, like, the game ain't change. Know. It just got more fierce. To quote, the wire. <laughs> or Slim Charles, right? I think. Uh, I believe so. Uh, yeah, there's so many. So, I mean, it was watching, and I was like, I should say these lines from the wire more than I do. Shit rolls, piss trickles. Who can forget? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the one, but you know, good line, good part. Uh, but yeah, Travis, you want to you want to take us into the 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 overview as we sure. talk through what uh, all happened so in this. Uh, what is the what is the pilot called? The wire. Uh, it's called the target. The target. And Rock. we have this cold open of Jimmy McNulty, who is, if anyone is the protagonist of the Wire, which is a true ensemble show, it's Jimmy, uh, played by Dominic West. Uh, a-, a character. That's the guy who looks who- like uh, like Jeff Rosenstock. Mixed a with bit. like a uh, a lesser Cuomo brother. Yes, absolutely. Very good observation <laughs> of what Dominic West looks like. You are completely. Correct. I never caught his name, <laughs> so now I know Cuomo. his name, McNulty. Um, Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris, the the one that's on CNN. Oh, not Rivers. <laughs> anyway, um, so we open with Jimmy McNulty uh, talking to a witness uh, at a crime scene. Um, as they look at the body of a kid nicknamed Snot Boogie, and they have a conversation about how the one come, like gets the nickname Snot Boogie, and how like he had this weird pattern, like he'd always come play the card game, then steal the money, then they'd go kick his ass, uh, but this time he got killed. Why you let him play the card game if you don't got no money? And they say you got to. This America, man. I just tried to pull up a list of wire nicknames because. You know, I knew there were a bunch of fun ones. And it is great that I was then linked to a Sporkle quiz, the Wire Nicknames quiz, which is something that I imagine Travis has taken like 15 times. I don't times think I've taken life. that one, no. I don't do a lot of the television ones. I did I did, I did. think about asking if we could go through this podcast calling each other like Cheese and the Wolf. Well, like... Cheese is a character. So we cannot use Cheese. Cheese is a character on the Wire. Let me see if I can figure that out. That we do one. see in these. Or in the finale. Maybe like Turkey oh, okay. and the Wolf. Something like that. <laughs> I had Scoop, Flash, Flubber, 
the wolf. The Shall I continue? Uh. Yes, please do. <laughs> okay, so uh, we get the courtroom trial of D'Angelo Barksdale, played by podcast legend uh, Lawrence Gilliard of Friday Night Lights and the Waterboy fame, of course. Guys, um, that is a different continuity, so please... <laughs> Yeah, we've never uh, seen this. He guy had been before. in the Water Boy before this. I choose to believe the makers of the Wire saw the Water Boy and were like, "This is who we want to play the like sympathetic core of the Barksdale organization, like the heart <laughs> of of our street life uh, segments of this show." He's on trial for a murder of a gang member, and there's one eyewitness who identifies him, and then a security guard named Keisha Lyles who is extremely witness intimidated into <laughs> being like, nah, that's a different guy. And McNulty's watching all this happen. So, and he's next to, he's watching from over the shoulder of Idris Elba's Stringer Bell. Yeah. Who has a so, great introduction with the cartoon that says, fuck off detective. Yes. But no, so as I was watching, I was having the moment where I was thinking back on the wire and I was like, you know, everyone knows the wire, but like I was being an idiot is what I was being. I was like, but like what lasting, like, actors really popped from the wire <laughs> you know <laughs> and then Be andrew self appears on screen i was like right <laughs> yes of course and not even and he's not even the most famous guy in this episode no because nope. michael, G. michael B. Jordan B. Jordan. In this episode. yes yeah. but he's such a baby he's Did you such see what a, a baby, baby i didn't was? recognize he's him just he's such a baby. Yeah, these are. This is not the Michael B. Jordan who I want to give a little kiss on the cheek to. No, this I want to pinch him like an ant. Oh, you, oh, oh! I only had the yeah. cheek part, so I missed the the pinch. Yeah. No. Oh, but also a, a little kiss on the cheek to a little baby's not. No, no, <laughs> nobody's like, going to harm. You kiss a little baby a little <laughs> cheek kiss. That's nice. That's nice. He's got the uh, it's two thousand and two cornrows going yeah. on. Yeah. Yes. He's like, I hey, think I mean, those are they are. But the, uh, the look of somebody who thinks Alan Iverson is extremely cool. Yeah, the look of a correct person. Um, remember remember when he stepped over uh, NBA Finals winning coach, but player at the time? Yes. Uh, I, noted cornrow haver himself. Absolutely stalling Tyron Lue. <laughs> yes. Got there! <laughs> Tyron Lue. Guy who looks like he could appear as like a background character in The Wire. Sure. Yeah, I think so. Maybe it's just because he's an NBA coach, which means he has to wear a suit, and that's where I'm like, that guy looks like he could be on the wire. You're just, of course, thinking of the basketball game scene between the East and West Side. Uh, he thinks he's, prop he's out here Pat in a Riley. suit. It's a, 70 degree, it's a 75 degree day. This guy thinks he's Pat Riley. <laughs> Dress the part, be the part. Yeah, par, Pop Joe's like, oh, anyways. I Another character we sadly don't get to see. Um, I can talk, This show, you know what the show is, really, at the end of the day? It's just guys. This show ends... A hell of a uh, lot with, of guys. It's so many guys, and you're just like, look at these guys. Just some dudes. And then it ends, they literally make up a guy to get mad at. <laughs> oh, the yeah. Last they, season they, the season of The Wire is all about making up a guy to, to get mad at. To use another <laughs> phrase that involves the word guy, I think one of the reasons why The Wire is so popular is because there's so many characters, so talking about The Wire is a little bit like, let's remember some guys. Like, oh, yeah, oh, season yeah. two, that fucking guy. Damn. Yeah, that guy. Matt, you say season two, and that's the perfect season to remember some guys, because that's the one where it's all Steve Dorse. And you're just like, yeah, you remember there's, there's A lot the of people guy, in like, season two are not seen ever again outside of season two. <laughs> Tony like, Dorsett. the most guy remembering. Yeah, you got, the, you got the guy who, like, brings a chicken, you know. Uh, and he, the, the, they, they, like, you know, they do, like, shots of beer and eggs. Emmett Smith. We do get... Th- 
Well, or we do get the Greek and Spiros appearing at the end of this. Um, yeah, we do. We do briefly see. Anyway, but, so yeah, we see this witness intimidation, and McDulty goes for a stringer and goes nicely done because, like, that's sort of they have a cat and mouse game for the first three seasons of the show, basically. Um, at this point, Matt and Stephen, what were you thinking of? Who the important characters are? Like, oh no! At this point in the show, I was like, I've, I just have nothing. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing. I don't know anything. I was actually amazed at my ability to kind of figure things out. Yeah, I mean, same. I, I'm, I feel like I'm in pinch on mindset. So I'm just like, I'm gonna try to absorb as much as I can. If this person becomes important, they will let me know. So like. I'm gonna catalog yeah. as many people as I and can. And they really did with the pilot. No, they did. They 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 uh, started to let us know, though. <laughs> according to the finale, the people who I thought were important, yeah. except for one, not important at all. I mean, they were important, but <laughs> this show uh, has a high body count. Uh, yeah, those guys all right. probably died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so McDulty, uh, you know, pulls Judge Phelan aside and vents to him about how like. They need to be investigating this or this guy Avon Barksdale. It's like no one knows Killed about ten people. No one knows this dude's name, but he's like he is running West Baltimore. But the chain of command won't Steve deal Harris. with it. No, Wood, Wood Harris. Harris, the brother of Steve Harris. Yes. So um, Matt, this is important for you to know. The the guy when he we do finally see him that his he's he's Virgil's brother from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Not that he plays Virgil's brother, but he is the no, oh, he brother is of the actor who that, plays Virgil. <laughs> he is actually. Uh, yeah, I was like thrown for loop. I was like, plays his real life does brother. that guy show up? Hell yeah. No, sorry. That's, that rules. And it's the thing where you're like, really? And then you look at their faces and you're like, yes. Okay. Oh, I think they look nothing alike. Like, that's the thing. Oh, when they the played face. Brothers on Justified, I was like, that's interesting. And then I was like, they both have the same last name. That's weird. And I was like, oh. He's <laughs> <laughs> Harris, a common last name. All but, right, all right. Yeah. Uh, Up until the very end when they were like, brothers, you were like, that's weird. What coincidence? I'm well, once, Harris also great in Dread, where he gets his dick bitten. Wouldn't like that. I'm once, I'm once again asking, where is Virgil? <laughs> Season five. If you had to name your kid any building material, what would you go this with? This is Or Benson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got we already had brick a couple episodes oh, yeah, ago. Brick, yeah. Stucco. Uh, so. Steel How do you feel about stucco. Back for Ohio State. Stucco Siani. <laughs> stucco Siani is very good. <laughs> stucco would also just be a good cat name. Yeah. We get, uh, in this scene, we do also get, is this where we get, and I can't remember his name, the, the Jewish attorney? Levy? Oh, yeah, Levy is Levy? is in the courtroom scene, like, and he is yeah. the, the lawyer for all criminals on this show. All the it, time. That is the best thing. That is the one thing that it's like, wait, it's always this guy? They all have the same lawyer? Ow. Yeah. And there's this horrible, like, like <laughs> classic, like, 80s shrill woman that they put in the show. It's like, hey, here's an 80s looking shrill woman, and he'll, she'll be the lawyer that that gets baffled by the fact that the oh the prosecutor, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this. I know this person isn't going to be important because because a lot of shows like this were just like, ah, oh, we need a woman. Uh. Like, <laughs> like honestly, like that's You're what she wrong. was. And I was like, this person's not going to be important. No, there is a far more important female attorney that we, you know, do get to meet. Right, though. and, and uh, you can tell because she isn't just like, <laughs> Yes. Um, but so Judge Phelan makes a call to Deputy Commissioner Burrell, and when McNulty gets back to the office, he is uh, 
basically dressed down by the biggest son of a bitch uh, in the Baltimore Police Department, which is Major Rawls, uh, who drops uh, a hard R N word, which I was not expecting. <laughs> I did not remember yes. that. And he, uh, he he sits down, and this is one of those scenes that I've replayed in my head a few times because he sits and he's got both f- middle fingers up. Oh yeah, and he's just like, "I got these for you. This one is going up your narrow Irish ass, and this one is in your." fucking eye and you're just like okay dude like relax but uh it's also extremely good like he, even if the even if the Rawls character is mostly being played as if it was at any moment he's going to tell someone to turn in their gun and their badge that they're too <laughs> that they're a reckless cop and he can't trust him yeah i've got a lot of gay friends that love getting with irish guys. you know what's fun uh Rawls <laughs> is seen in a gay bar with like season four yeah <laughs> Yep, it's never commented on, but he's just asses. in the background of a gay, at a gay bar having a good time. And there's <laughs> yeah, other hints like, like graffiti on a bathroom wall that says Rawls sucks cock or whatever. Uh, no, he's, yeah, this is the one time where he's like smiling and it's not because he's about to say... Which guy is Rawls? The, 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 the horrible guy. Yeah. This is one of the few guys in the show that I felt like disrupted the realism a little bit. Both because, A, he's chewing on the roll a little bit too much. Like he's having too good of a time, the actor. And also, he, as you know, is like three times That's in this scene. That's definitely true. Like, I, they, they commit a little bit a, to the yeah. in media res thing, and then they really do a lot of exposition in this pilot that I wasn't expecting to get. I thought you were going to say he's the most realistic character in the show because he's probably the most obviously bad person that's a cop uh, on this show, <laughs> I think. At least I mean, the, the protagonist episodes. seems like he made up a serial killer, so I don't know how much worse. That, did, that does happen, but he had a reason. And we'll get into that. <laughs> wow, Travis uh, out here, excuse he me. It's stupid, wow. but he does have a reason. It's one of the more TV plots on here, I feel like. Uh, and then It's the uh, reason why everyone dislikes season five is because of, the, there's well, not dislikes, but everyone's like, it's the weakest one because there's the newspaper, which is a bit drier, and then there's also, so what's the what are the cops up to? Oh, they invent a serial killer? That sounds like that. the season that I would like more. Yeah, exactly. Continuing the Friday Night Lights tra- uh, tradition of me liking the season that everybody hates. But yeah, and then Sergeant Landsman warns him, like, you can get reassigned if you keep being this insubordinate. Like, where's the last place you want to go? And he says, har- he says, going on the boat, which is actually foreshadowing for season two. Um, then we get Weebay. Uh, oh, yeah, we do. An enforcer in the Barksdale organization driving to the strip club Orlando's, which is the front. Uh, Orlando is the guy with the terrible hair uh, yeah. that runs the strip club, who my roommate once said looks like a Jamie Foxx show character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's drive. He's driving with D'Angelo to there, and D'Angelo is like talking about like how you know he's happy about getting off for like this obvious reason, and he like turns the radio up and stops the car, and he's like, "What is the rule? Like, don't talk about this in the car, like anywhere, because like the whole." The titular wire, basically, a thing that runs through every season, even though they all change perspective, is surveillance is sort of like how the cops get every, anything done yeah. on this show. Uh, and that's obviously explored heavily in this episode in particular. Uh, mm-hmm. And we is smart enough to know, like, you know, who fucking knows what could be anywhere, who's listening on what. So, like, we don't talk about this in the car. You only talk about the shit on, outside. Uh, uh, it's uh, an important thing that happens in this. Like, the... the the key turning point in the first season, as we are all aware, is the part where they finally crack the code that they've been trying to figure out how these guys are like, the, the drug dealers are, you know, like effectively encrypting the numbers that they're supposed to call back so that they could communicate to one another. 
and they realize that what they're doing is they're just flipping everything across the five mm-hmm. on uh, on a phone pad. So mm-hmm. ones become nines, nines mm-hmm. become ones, fives become zeros, zeros become There's a lot five. of payphone action on this show, which so, kind of oh, takes it. Payphones and pagers. So, dude, it is so much. Just somebody, and then we like, see the police office where it's like having computers is like a luxury or whatever like that yeah i i did notice that in the, like even in the intro just the computers that they were using i was like oh does this shit show take place in 91 like those are some old ass computers i think it's a, i think it's implying a, a bad funding uh yeah right bad funding well, more more puncturing the realism of the show <laughs> in 2002 i think police funding was a little not quite as extreme yeah. uh, as it is now. Yeah, I mean, they hint that this is all on the horizon in, in the part where they talk about uh, 9-11. Uh, but so, yeah, they, they, they make it to the strip club, right? And yeah, they make it to the strip the, club. The view. Uh, this we says the next Avon. thing is that, like, D'Angelo meets Chardine, who's definitely the character that you probably least expected to show up again in the finale, but you'd be wrong. Did either <laughs> you clock that the person who talks to... The, 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 the stripper, stripper that talks to D'Angelo is the is now with uh, Lester in yes. season five. No. Absolutely not. Nope. Oh, well, I, I figured as much. She is. That's, I honestly forgot. I was like, oh, right. That was, yeah, that happened. Uh, the next thing described here is like we see, we go to the, the Franklin Terrace housing projects with the iconic orange couch and... Uh, They've, and D'Angelo finds out Stringer's demoting him to run the pit instead of the high-rise. Yes. Does yeah. anyone remember why I have a bunch of notes about crabs here? Because it's Baltimore? No, I guess. There's something else about crabs. They must discuss crabs. Crab evolution. Right, do you have your notes separated between uh, the about carcinization? episode? I do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, car- yeah crab- crabification? Crabification, yeah. 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 They're the ultimate life form. one day form. become crabs. Yes. I hope so. Can I can I present an idea that we might want to get some kind of research grant for, which is, is there a television show that television shows want to evolve into, similar to how nature tries to keep creating the crab? Hmm. What is the archetype of show that, like, if it goes for long enough, it becomes blank? I'm not doing this without I funding. I there is something. Uh, as I said, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, Patreon goals so we can get the crab crab research going. <laughs> the crabification of television. Yeah. Anyway, so D'Angelo's been devoted to the pit with Bodhi, who's one of my favorite overall Wire characters, Poot, who is one of my favorite guys to remember from The Wire, but not a <laughs> not particularly <laughs> amazing character, and... Uh, Little baby Michael B. Jordan as Wallace. So now here's where I tap in. Of the three, I want you to guess the people who haven't watched those that Travis named. Which of them winds up working at a Foot Locker <laughs> in the show? In the show, canonically, one of these three winds up working at a Foot Locker. Why does that matter? Uh, because I, I it's how he gets what, out of the game. See. Well, I, I just want to see if you can, you know, uh, you got you throw so our choices sentence. are Michael B. Jordan, the man who got Brody. off the one, the the one that looks like Russell Westbrook. 
No, okay. no, 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 not, not, um, not D'Angelo, because D'Angelo's the boss. We're talking about the three. The guy who got off the, the guy who was, who they didn't. He's sitting on the couch that's, spitting. That was yeah. D'Angelo. Yeah. That's D'Angelo. Yes, that who worked above. He's above them. He's their boss. We're okay. talking the three, like equal. Three younger yeah, guys. Michael B. Jordan, who plays Wallace. Uh, Wallace. Wallace. You have Bodie, who is the guy who's sitting on top of the couch spitting through his teeth a lot. Uh, okay. And then looks Poot, like Russell Westbrook. And then Poot, who's the really short, uh, dark-skinned guy. Poot? Yeah. Poot. Poot. Poot car. Malik Poot car. It's gotta be Poot, huh? Matt, you, you I think guess? it's gotta be Wallace. Matt, I have uh, terrible news for you. Wallace. Yeah, no. Uh, it's Wallace poot. doesn't make it very far. Uh, is Wallace, that what gets killed. Me? Wallace gets killed by the other two. Ah. <laughs> uh, because there's only yeah. one job offer at the Foot Locker. And all yes, he's killed by all those, all those guys in the ref costumes. They all just take him out. You remember that scene in The Dark Knight where they like, where like the, the Joker snaps the pool stick yeah, and is yeah. like, there's only space for one. Yeah, so. that was the Foot Locker yeah, boss. that was what they did. Yeah, they yeah, fight over was, one of those shoe measuring things. and <laughs> It's fucking it's brutal to see that covered in blood. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. I, I did love the whole, like, we'll have Michael B. Jordan's character well actually about Hamilton being a president to set up that he had some sort of, like, formal education that no one else got or something like that. Or it's at least, um, like, a little more worldly than them. He can't, his right. math obviously is terrible, but he does. It's uh, not really math as much as recognizing what money is. No, no, no. He also, that also counts wrong. Well, yeah, he also counts wrong. Okay. He does the count wrong, and yes, there is another, the iconic money be green. Money be green! It's definitely, I've Money heard, feel like money! I've heard that sampled in, like, a few rap songs over the years. <laughs> <laughs> or just someone just, like, dropping, like, a money be green! And you're like, yeah, this song's... Mm-hmm. They're, they're right, you know. Uh, Hard to argue. Hard to argue. Now, yeah. Unless is, you don't live in America. So the money that he gets that's not green, it comes from... Kurt Cobain. Johnny Weeks. Johnny Weeks. And Bubs. Yeah, and Bubs. Bubs is the important one. Johnny is, is Bubs the guy who's teaching. Yes, Johnny Weebs. <laughs> Johnny Weebs. I actually don't know what he said. The guy who, the guy <laughs> who's teaching him how to. <laughs> I actually don't know what he said. How to counterfeit the money, Johnny Weeks. It's oh. weeks. It's weeks. Sorry, I just, I just loved the idea so much of just like, oh that yeah, there's that drug name. addict Johnny Weeps, and it's just some guy wearing like a ragged, like Osaka Langley <laughs> T-shirt. He's just there, like needs his fix. Talk it's funny because we already have a character in, that we've mentioned in this episode named Weebay, which is even closer to. I mean, we eBay just sounds we made just sounds like a, a branch of eBay that only sells like Japanese shit. Like, that's <laughs> or, a sound, or a SoundCloud rapper, honestly, yeah. it could be either. <laughs> could you? They're launching like so we're starting a Japan <laughs> eBay and we're like okay, eBay Japan. They're like no, it's WeeBay. It's <laughs> <laughs> like fuck. What? It's targeted at American people selling Japanese goods. What's that Onion article? Ninety-seven percent of Japanese speakers. <laughs> now twenty-seven-year-old like, white, white, white American. <laughs> yeah, twenty-seven-year-old white men in America. Uh, so this, uh, the Wikipedia synopsis isn't quite. It's not really a scene-by-scene scene breakdown. Yeah, it's, so it's just That's sort fine. of like That's we. Fine. It's sort of just like we meet Bodie and Poot and Wallace. They have yeah discussions of like yeah, how things I mean, are going to go down here. We see we'll how the that. deals are made. We see the counterfeit money scheme. Um, which, which yeah, to. it's just them cutting out two, like, $10 bills 
on uh, on like on a white piece paper. of paper, and then just pouring tea on it or coffee on it or something, so and then, that like, it has that money feel. Yeah, <laughs> some of the worst counterfeit money of all time. But they're like they could maybe get past some like dumb street level drug dealers with this. Maybe Bob's is basically like, we can do this to these guys once. And we have to mix it in with real money. You can't just hand them one, one white ten dollar bill. Like, he knows that much to be like this. That might be stupid, but we could maybe do some more. But the next thing uh, that we get on this synopsis is that we get uh, narcotics lieutenant Cedric Daniels, uh, played by Lance Reddick, one of the himself. greatest voices. Yeah, Silens himself from Horizon Zero Dawn. Matt, uh, what's your favorite Lance Riddick video game role? Oh, he's, uh, that makes sense. He is tasked by uh, Deputy Commissioner Burrell uh, with organizing detail to investigate the Barksdale organization, and he wants it to happen quickly uh, and get it over with. And so on the case, Daniels brings Detective Shakima Greggs, uh, and then we've got Herc and Carver, the two bumbling idiots. Uh, Shout out Herc. Oh, and they also get Santangelo, who's pretty forgettable. I was like, is he in this episode? Uh, we see we're introduced to Greg's Herc and Carver making some kind of bust uh, and like getting guns out of someone's car. And but it's important that they fuck up because there's an extra gun and they didn't think to check it. Yeah, so we need to establish what fucking idiots these guys are. It, yeah, it's important to establish that Kima is way more competent than these two idiots, except um, at acting. But damn. Coming at Sonia Sone. Terrible at it. Took me out of it. I've always thought she was fine. I, I've I been... thought uh, this is the thing with the show is that like there was like I I had there was a moment in the finale where Steven was like that guy was overacting a little bit and I was like right yeah these are actors these aren't just people <laughs> that they've got cameras set up that's how my brain treats this where I'm like yeah all of the performances are good because those are real people it right. doesn't matter that you know that Rawls also appears as. Um, Carmine Falcone in Gotham, or that McNulty is going to be playing Prince Philip, or no, Prince Charles next season, he's which gonna is going to be, be incredible because he's playing Prince Andrew Charles. Isn't he also the villain in John Carter? He is the villain in John <laughs> Carter. He should, he would be great as playing Cuomo, but he is playing Prince uh, Charles next year, which is fun because he's probably about Stephen's height, and. Princess Diana next season is, of course, being played by 6'3", Elizabeth Dubicki. So I cannot wait to see the fucking hobbit-ass angles they do to hide the <laughs> fact that she could eat him easily. Like, she could pick him up and put him, put him in her pocket and walk away with him. Which is what we all want at the end of the day, right? Right, of there's course. A, there's, also, there's a great story in, the, in All the Pieces Matter about Dominic West's uh, effect on women, um, especially with his British accent, where... They were like, yeah, you could you could just say like one word, and like it would be it. Like someone would like he'd meet someone and she'd be like, ah, you know, my boyfriend just broke up with me, and he'd go, really, and then would sleep with that person, <laughs> like, yeah, so like smash cut doing, to them, which is also so what Jimmy McNulty's like to some extent. But if that's what they're doing for him, what were these people doing when they met for Idris, Idris Elba? Elba? They right. could not handle it. Yeah, <laughs> a man who, a man who plays a character in a different show that canonically says. I know the effect I have on women. Yeah. <laughs> McCavity himself. Don't know. <laughs> McCavity himself. <laughs> like, so it's just Idris Elba sitting in the back of a room and people like, 
oh, I'm supposed to be scared of that guy, and it's like scared of how hot he is. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's I've also been scared hot. of it's... how hot people were. No, but no, it's not like I think of anything else. Be like, yeah, I'm also terrified of that guy because that's the hottest man I've ever I seen. Walk, with my own I would walk away from a sandwich <laughs> restaurant called Hush, feeling like I got punched in the stomach because of how hot the woman that handed me my sandwich was. Like, and I didn't want to order another sandwich. It's just scary. That also, it's less a hotness thing, that's but awesome. that makes me think of Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall uh, working a jackhammer next to his friend that looks like fucking Luigi or whatever, <laughs> and just like how absurd it is. <laughs> um, I love any time they try to make Arnold a normal-ish looking man. It's, I mean, why he's, also- it's why he's probably my favorite movie star of all time, because it's just anything that he's uh, in Maybe I should so watch more ridiculous. stuff with John Cena. I was going to say, when they do that in Neighbors, where they're like, I don't know, we put him in big pants. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, yeah, he's wearing pleated pants. Blockers, yeah. Um, or, yeah, blockers, not the neighbors. Ugh. Anyway, getting back to it. So, meanwhile, uh, McNulty goes to the Baltimore office of the FBI and meets with his buddy uh, Terrence Fitz Fitzhugh, who can't stop saying brother, uh, which is <laughs> a particular kind of white guy that's very annoying. But white fed saying brother over and over again is very truly obnoxious. But he shows him. Yes. But he shows him a very important thing, which is like modern surveillance equipment which the fbi has little use for to monitor drug investigations because all money has been diverted toward the war on terror because 9-11 happened they, nine months they ago they did do a like, uh, yeah. a quick yeah. cut to a tv that said america at war in the strip club that felt like a little verhoven uh flourish yeah. but that's because we were living in a verhoven movie at that time that's, i like when uh, mcnulty during this part uh says verbatim when they're like yeah we got to fund it all we got to put it all for terrorism and he just goes, what, America doesn't have room in their heart for two wars? Buddy, you have no idea how many wars America slaps country. Buddy, this thing can have so many wars at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so, McNulty really wants to get a wiretap, basically. Uh, now that He's he learns this is that. a thing that you can do. Which Daniels doesn't really want. Because it takes a long fucking time to get a wiretap up, and you have to go through a bunch of bureaucracy that is not shown in normal cop shows. Uh, and, and it's a uh, you know, big part of what the show is. Uh, then he goes drinking with, with Bunk, uh, complains about his ex-wife, and pees in front of an oncoming train. <laughs> I knew he wasn't going to get hit by that train, but I did spend a few seconds fantasizing about what this show would be if he did. Like if episode like show, one was some dumbass cop would, pissing on the train tracks while a train was coming. Like, got nailed. So the sh- so another famous sort of deconstruction of cop shows, The Shield. Uh, its pilot episode famously like the guy who's sort of the main character throughout the pilot gets killed at the end of the pilot. Uh, and oh. like, I could totally have if I hadn't if I knew nothing about the show, I could just absolutely see it doing the same thing. <laughs> he just gets hit by a train, and then it's like, wow. Yeah, I just peed. The tone of this changed a lot. He gets he gets accidentally Anna Karenina. Yeah, and we see Kima go home to her partner, uh, which basically just establishes that like, hey, we have a lesbian character on here. They were like, like, hey guys, we are so far away from the Bechtel test. We need to do something. (laughs) And then they were like, what if we put this lesbian couple in to have? Yeah, they they say this to David Simon, and he's like. Who's Alison Bechtel? It's 2002. <laughs> He's like, don't worry about it, okay? This thing, it's going to blow gonna your mind. It's going to matter later. We get, we get Johnny Weeks trying to buy drugs with the counterfeit money, 
uh, a second time and just like shoving it directly in the hands of Wallace as he's trying to Johnny cop for someone else, just like completely just fucking up this very basic scam. Uh, Bodhi sees this happening, or he just drops the money on the ground, and Bodhi's like, "That's the guy who tried to like screw us over before." So uh, Let's Johnny get his ass. Johnny gets the shit beat out of him. Uh, Literally, like put he, into a will coma. later. He will later need a colostomy bag. Yes. Uh, I don't very bad. know if you're joking or not. No, that does happen. No, um, that is literally a thing that happens with this character. He gets beaten up so bad, he has got a colostomy bag. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I figured they killed so, him. No, he, we, we see him at the hospital in a coma or whatever. Or, no, you know, uh, Matt, or just killing, him would be, killing him would be easy because they have to do this and then reveal that he's also HIV positive and he has to have... This whole like thing happening in the backstory. Why do we Bubs care about this guy? Because he's Bubs' friend, and we care about Bubs. Do you we? You watched me wipe tears out of my eyes at the end of the episode when Bubs went up the stairs. To me, to me, Bubs is like a balloon of a guy who has a shop and a mustache, and talks kind of like this. Are you talking about Bubs from Homestar Runner? No. Correct. Okay, that's not how Bubs talks at all. He's doing a Red Fox impression. Does 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 Colostomy Man die? Eventually, yeah, sure. does Johnny Weebs die? We all die show? eventually. No, like in the show, does Johnny Weebs die? Yeah, yeah, sure. not from this though. Um, from other terrible things that happen in his horrible. <laughs> he has a horrible life. life. As does Bubs. Obviously, they're both homeless. Uh, but Bubs in the hospital uh, talks to Kima about uh, becoming a CI uh, and informing on Which the Barksha organization because they did this to his informant? friend. Yes, confidential informant. Uh, because they did this to his friend, and he's like, can't deal with this shit. And then we get D'Angelo on a second day working with the pit, finding the murdered body of the guy who identified him at the trial. And we get a flashback, the only flashback in the show. Yeah, I was like, this yeah, is to, weird. To this does not feel like The who, Wire at all. <laughs> to let me know who the guy whose body it was was, where I was actually like, oh, thanks. I Steve, didn't yeah, know who I didn't that know was. Who the literally was. Said that and I went, yeah, that there's a ton of shit going on. It's the most exposition like, the show is, ever oh. does. Yeah, I was like, that is the only time this show will ever do anything like that. It's it will never hold your hand again. I want my hand held. Uh, I want to wipe my brain entirely after the show ends, and then be told exactly which key pieces of information I need to know next time it starts <laughs> up again. Uh, what's important, I think, that you did that that you was glossed over in all this, Travis, is that McNulty is one of those ones that you talked about earlier. That natural police mm -hmm. as they say uh, like way too many times across this series who's like at the end of the day he just wants to you know get the guy solve the case make the world a better place he thinks and and so he he has a moment he's like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna fucking do this case right and then like bunk's like there you go giving a shit when it ain't your turn to give a shit this show rocketed into the top three as far as like how many times the name of the show is said in the show. Like, <laughs> like it's definitely Bones. Bones is number one, and it's not close. Yeah, nothing will uh, ever I touch Bones. I don't know who's two out of... I don't know Sailor who's Moon two is out of two. Dexter and The Wire. Just wait. Sailor just, Moon. Just wait until we no, watch Bosch. No! Dexter's a pretty... Yeah, anyone where it's like, it is the main character's name. Like, with Bones, is a weird derivation of that, because they always talk counting, about actual Bones. And are we shit's not real. You can't music even go, talk about that they say bones a lot without saying bones like fifteen Does that times. Count? <laughs> <laughs> I think Sailor Moon's too. If we we'd have to do it like by like it's a proportion of the time. Sure. I'm sure in Supernatural they say it a lot. 
I'm guessing I just, Californication I don't think it's anywhere near. Not. I don't think it's anywhere near the wire, honestly. I, I think I think they do say it a lot. Yeah. Well, top Gossip four. Gossip Girl. Top four. Oh Bones yeah. Number one. Two, three, four. Sailor Moon, Dexter, The Wire. They definitely Gossip never Girl. say twenty-four. Yeah, but the thing I don't about think they say six Girl, feet under very often on six feet under. I don't <laughs> think they ever say they Heart did. of Dixie. <laughs> uh, who here would continue watching the show? I know that I thought to myself, I could watch a bit more of The Wire. Yeah, well, I was well, honestly like, I could kind of get into this again. I'm a <laughs> freak. It's like my comfort You're TV, fucking, which is really fucked that's up. That's freak shit, dude. dude. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. I just love the dialogue. I love, like, I don't know. There's always watch more stuff. It's, it's very like well it. written. I'll watch Treme sometime. I, I've heard it's okay. I watched an nah, episode of the originals after I watched The Wire as a palate cleanser. Like, because I couldn't handle it. <laughs> what are the originals? That's a, that's a Vampire Diaries, Diaries spin off show. A spin off. Incredible. A spin off, huh? Yeah. You watched but... Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? I didn't like it that much. Uh, I, mm. I saw like half of the first season. I thought it was like okay. But I, I, I wouldn't watch The Wire. Um, not because it's not good. As I've said a thousand times in our group chat, I'm sure it's very good. <laughs> I'm certain that it's good. Uh, I just... I don't want to do this to myself. It is not for you. Yeah. yeah. It's Steven, better. It's certainly like better. To Dragon Force? There was just something Stephen and I were talking about recently where he compared it to Dragon Force where it's like on a technical level, it is very, very sound. That's and it's exactly how I felt. not for me. Yep. <laughs> the wire being the, like the dra- Dragon Force being like the most just like over know. the top thing. I don't yeah. know what it was. <laughs> it was something like that. It was um, something where I was saying like, it seems like they spent so much time trying to be technically good that they forgot to make it enjoyable. Yes. Which is why I was like, I yep. think maybe he said that about the wire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did not say it about The Wire, but I don't remember what I said it about. Also, would I watch The Wire? Am I dating someone who wants to watch The Wire? Are you? No. I mean, because, like, you were... But like, in a circumstance some... where he is, he would. So so the finale, called 30? What is yes, it? it's How called is... 30. It's the thing that reporters put at the end of stuff. I don't... I've looked up what that means before. Yeah, no. It's... For me, it's, like, whatever people, like... Announce that they're leaving my job or whatever, and they send an email to everyone. It ends in thirty or whatever. But it was just a, one of those things yeah, where I was classic like, journalist is this, thing. Is this just said thirty? Is it like dash thirty dash? Yeah, because we're not at the end of the Baltimore Sun season. David Simon worked at the so, Baltimore Sun. A well, lot of characters in this are based on people he knew at the Sun. Travis, you cannot just casually go. We are at the end of the Baltimore Sun season because this is, as you know, as we all know, the first season is about bringing down the Barksdale organization uh and but like you know mostly focused on cops and the drug trade the second season is of course uh on the shipyard on the um at the shipyards and corruption international crime and corruption of labor unions yeah uh season three is political system right because that introduces city hall city hall uh and then season four is education and then season five is the press, because it's always a different institution. And yes, mm-hmm. so I mentioned that we were talking about this earlier, and this will bring us right in, because the first character we see in this episode is one Peter Littlefinger, one one Thomas Carchetti, uh, one Aiden Gillen. Gillen? Is that what his name is? Yeah, Gillen. Yeah, a guy who gets, you know, you know a guy who gets to be a part of one of the greatest scenes in film history. Because he's the guy that Bane says... To you or for you, because he's always like, <laughs> "If I take off your mask, 
Will it hurt? It will be very painful. painful. For you. <laughs> so he's that guy. Yeah, I'm a legend. Uh, but he um, he plays Tommy Kirketty, uh, who is inspired, of course. They deny it, which is hilarious that they act like it's not Martin O'Malley, but this is Martin O'Malley's character. It's Martin O'Malley. Simon also says he's based on a composite of several Baltimore politicians who yeah. are too obscure for any viewer to care about. But it's so Martin O'Malley that when you go to the Wikipedia page, they include a graphic on the bot on the side that's just like part of our series of articles about Martin O'Malley. <laughs> There's a series of articles about Martin O'Malley. Yeah, there should just be an article. That's that one tweet saying Martin O'Malley, you got a children's book ass name. You sound like the mailman in a town where everyone is a bear, and that should just be his whole fucking Wikipedia. <laughs> I mean, that's why he couldn't get anywhere in the primary. It was that yeah. tweet. Well, also, he couldn't get anywhere because everyone was like, wait, you mean the guy they based Carcetti from The Wire on? Yeah. And he kept being like, no, like, that 100% sank his future political career and ambitions because it was like, no, dude, we know what your deal is. You're the basis for Carcetti. Like, More people should make good shows about bad people to prevent them from doing bad things in the future. I mean, it's, it's getting in on the ground floor of some... It was like, people do that, but it's like, you know... Being like Succession, where it's like, oh, you're taking down, you know, fucking the Murdochs. Uh, it's like, it's it, too late. Yeah. But doing this, like, where it's like, this guy who might suck later, what if I just took him out of the knees now? It would be like <laughs> if... It would be like if um, the social network completely took out Zuck. That would be awesome. And now we look back, we're like, man, that was wild that they made the movie at that point in the career. amazing. Which is why there should be Social Network 2, because of all of the insane shit that has happened since then. Remember when he was going to run for president? Is he like well, he's not even that old is he? He's like 45. I, I know that he accounts I know that he accounts for roughly like 2% of all millennials wealth. I, that's true. I hang out with people that are the same age as Mark Zuckerberg. How old is Mark that's Zuckerberg? That's true. 37. Uh, wow. <laughs> so, Tommy Carcetti, the first face that we see here and him and his staff learning about the serial killer was a hoax? Yeah, he's like Sansa what do you mean? Yeah. I taught you, and now you've made a serial killer. Sansa. Yeah. Uh, yar, yar. Sansa Stark. You're trying to tell me there haven't been any homeless men being killed in the streets of Baltimore. <laughs> me, Tom Carcetti. Yar. The greatest uh, strategist mind in, Man in Maryland. If anyone finds out about this, we all be going down. <laughs> <laughs> to the bottom of David Jones's locker. <laughs> uh, His chief what a fucking yeah. character. <laughs> so, uh, Carcetti's chief advisor, Norman, is cracking up over all this, and it's important here to note, if you may remember, early in the pandemic, when there was that weird personality quiz going around that would give you, like, the 60 pop culture characters you're most like in yeah, order yeah. based on like what you fill out. Oh, My yeah. number one, the character that I'm apparently most similar to in all of popular media of the 21st century is Norman, the like 45th most important character on this show, <laughs> who is in this scene laughing his ass off at this at, at this shit which i don't understand what the algorithm was for how they picked the characters that even went on the list of characters it, i have no earthly idea how they decided that like of all the like there's so many wire characters that norman's even even made the cut is insane i totally and, like, forgot but also i mean i get it yeah i mean when hit like i would also be exactly laughing if i was in this situation because this is you would not even be mad shit. 
you would actually be laughing. My ass isn't on the line like it is for Garcetti's if I'm Norman. So yeah, he's learning with that, and he's, uh, you know, Daniels and Rawls have just have brought this to him. Meanwhile, uh, Lester uh, confronts this character I have no memory of named Gary DePesquale, uh, <laughs> and, and he's like, I know show. that you... Yeah, and he's like, you. And he knows that. Three times. Matt has. And gone. I'm like, who is Gary? I've never heard of this guy. Uh, he's. Uh, he is apparently leaked courthouse documents to to Maury Levy, uh, and Lester passed this information on to Rhonda Perlman, who I think we met in the first episode, uh, who is the state's attorney, and she knows that uh, you know she also learns that. Lester and McNulty have made up this serial killer. I would just say, actually, you know, we, we jumped into it, and I, I think, you know, we kept saying, oh, we'll talk about Omar. We should just talk about the iconic character who I forgot doesn't die in this episode. Because Omar is the character played by Michael K. Williams, who is the, the, the hood Robin Hood, I believe is how he was described. He would steal from drug dealers. He would whistle. Uh, Everyone was terrified of him. He whistles the farmer in the dell as he, like, approaches, and people go, Omar, coming. Yeah. He's got a shotgun. He's gay. Yeah. Uh, he's an iconic character, and I just, it is so, this is, like, the only time we've done one of these shows where, like, the the character everyone will remember most is not in any of it. Yeah. It's remarkable the way that the show is structured. Like, it's remarkable enough that, like, Lester is someone we don't meet until episode two. So, for Matt and Steven, he's uh, a stranger. But, like, Lester, also an iconic character. Yeah, Lester's, like, probably my my favorite. Fa- one of my favorite members of the Major Crimes Unit, for sure. So, Are I've the- got a theory. Mm, boy. And my theory is that when we do this show, the more nuance it has, the show we're watching, the less we will, like, get what we need to get out of it for our purposes. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, we need shows that are just, like, blasting you in the face how stupid they are to do this podcast (laughs) properly. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, so, Uh, Stephen and Matt, this is where I want to ask this part. What do you think McNulty and Freeman were doing by creating a killer? Why do you think they did this? How do you think they did this? What? Who? Do you, like, yeah. What? Just why? Jenny? I couldn't fucking figure that out. It's like they didn't really do it to get the mayor elected. They. they okay, can we? No. Can we do that with a clean take that doesn't have you making like? <laughs> yeah, you it's really easy to make silence. I couldn't figure out why the people were making the homeless killer because. <laughs> because because it's like they weren't doing it to get the guy elected governor. Everybody was pissed about it. Like I feel like maybe it was to get more funding or like attention on them or like maybe like to try to blame somebody who was doing other less serious crimes for the for the homicide. Yeah, to like get somebody no, else not- off for some individual thing, and then they had to keep the lie going for some reason. Is it way crazier? Yeah, so I really want it to be really. No, crazy. it's not. You're you're actually you're actually quite close. Uh, yeah, if guess, not entirely on the money. Um, so, uh, season season three introduces Marlo Stanfield and his organization, who are like, you know, this show is all about making like 
you know, gangsters and stuff, like very morally gray and sort of mm-hmm. sympathizing with a lot of them, explaining sort of a victim of circumstance right. and stuff. Marlowe is just evil. He's just like a sociopath. <laughs> and his, and his crew, like, like the other ga- the other gangsters also hate him because he has like no code. And him and his gang have been killing people and putting them up in these vacant houses and quick liming their bodies or whatever. And they found 22 bodies at the end of season four. And yeah. like, but no one wants to pay for the investigation into that because again it's murders in the ghetto people don't care and it's all about getting the clearance rates good and like the crime rates low because that would also help Carcetti with his career or whatever and so McNulty starts when they find like dead homeless people often of natural causes McNulty fudges with the the scene to make it seem like there's someone doing this by like tying a red ribbon around all their wrists and like putting fake bite marks or fake strangulations. Yeah, so, so some of them are messing plan with the is He finds these bodies and then he's like, we can't, we, we have to figure out a way to tie them all together. So he ties a string around their finger. Besides it ties their outfits all together. And it's also, it's so he can get a wire. It's so he can get a wiretap so he can catch Marlowe and put Marlowe away. Yeah. Um, okay. It's, yeah. And when Travis yeah, says exactly. like Marlo, So you guys were pretty, pretty, yeah. Yeah. When Travis is like, Marlo, he's a sociopath. Marlo, he's like the best on this show because he's because he's a he's a TV show character, which means Dude, he's yeah, I love I love I fucking that, evil ass characters, like characters who creepy. are like, I'm fucking so evil good. as shit and I'm OK with being Hiram Lodge. Matt, he's like, dude, his like first scene is like stepping out of like some sort of like corner store and like somebody tries to say something to him or something like that and gets slammed against the car by one of like the you know one of his uh, enforcers and he pulls the gun on him and Marlo just like looks at it and he's just like do it or don't I got places to be <laughs> yeah it's he's like, so cold all him. the time I love it he's creepy he's, uh, he's CSM he from the X-Files some of the best shit uh, he's responsible for the name of the Pusha T album My yep. Name Is My Name cause uh, he gets really mad that him. people are out there using his name on the streets and he's like my, my name is my name my favorite Marlowe quote, which out of context is kind of lame, but is also very useful, is you think it's one way, but it's the other way. Oh, I say that all the time when playing video <laughs> yeah. games. Like all the time, just like, you think you think this is one way, but it's the other way. Yeah, yeah. He's, it's, he's great. And I was like checking to see what Jamie Hector, I was seeing what he was up to. Because I was like, why didn't Wait, he... Wait, is he the one that plays Marlowe? Yeah, no. he plays Marlowe. Yeah. Oh, so he gets off? What? He gets off. Yes. What do you mean he gets off? He gets off. You see that in the show. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that was the guy you were talking about. Yeah. Yes. He's the guy who... You see him in prison. He's been put in prison by the fake serial killer scheme getting a wiretap, but he does get off because they find... Yeah. Yeah. Because they find that fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You don't know who I am. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. But no... Yeah, that's Marlo. I was checking to see what he was up to, and because I was like, why didn't he pop? I remember he was cast in Heroes for season two, and everyone was like, fuck Yeah. The Heroes is about to have a terrifying character. And then he gets, like, written out immediately. It was, like, some sort of fake-out thing. That but sucks. I was like, yeah, I hope he's doing well. And then I saw he's, like, a detective on Bosch. So he's doing great. He's on Bosch. I think he... I think they You're announced okay he... Dave, there's a new David Simon show that just got announced, and he's going to be in it. I cool. Think, I love him. him. He's yeah, great. Absolutely. I also love Chris. Again, I like... And, you know... Yeah, I Ben mean, Akanabe is great on, uh, on the deuce and... Final note, uh, show that we will one day cover, iCarly, uh, has, because uh, Snoop, another iconic character from this show, uh, is killed in an episode, probably like one or two episodes before this, yeah. by, um, by like a protege, 
And what happens is, like, she goes to kill that protege, and he's already got the gun on her. And she's like, all right, this is the end of the road. And she, like, looks out the window, and she's just like, how my hair look? And the protege, Michael, is like, you look good. And then shoots her. And that is verbatim used in an episode of iCarly where they're, like, playing paintball. And, like, somebody <laughs> corners one, and he's like, how my hair look? And then the other one just goes, you look good. And then shoots her. And I was like... Well, like, it was like a suggested clip on YouTube one time. Yeah, I was like, I'm sorry. That time sorry. I hardly referenced The Wire. <laughs> what? That's so, good. Uh, yeah, it's cultural impact. Knows no bounds. Uh, so the next thing that the Wikipedia summary has is uh, journalist Scott Templeton, played by future Best Picture winning director uh, Tom McCarthy, uh, calls 911 I... and claims... <laughs> love how spotlight is clearly just like hey i really liked working on the season of the wire what if we made it what if we made that a show i just love being in a newspaper office set classic i'm gonna get i'm Uh, gonna get the i'm gonna get the guy who played the assistant to the uh to carcetti he's gonna be back and he's gonna be there playing a a victim and then he and then tom mccarthy was also like i'm gonna make the cobbler another great film of course the one where adam Uh, sandler fucks his mom (laughs) <laughs> he puts on magic shoes to look like he his walks dad. a mile in other right, people's shoes yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah, what he yeah. does and then he puts on magic shoes to look like his dad and gives her mom his mom i believe he gives his mom one good night and then she dies he literally fucks his mom to death in the guise of his father in that movie that's cool. and it came out the same year as spotlight also important <laughs> that's tom mccarthy's own schindler's list jurassic park combo is <laughs> spotlight the cobbler um, but anyway, on this show, he plays Scott Templeton, uh, a very bad journalist who calls 911 and claims there was an attempted kidnapping of an inebriated homeless man, which he witnessed because everyone's on watch for like people fucking with the homeless because that's who the serial killer is, is targeting. And the police arrive and this dude is just fucking wasted. And he's like, I don't know. Or they're like, did someone try and hurt you? And he goes, my father, he was an alcoholic. <laughs> Or whatever, and then there's an undercover officer there. I love who this goes undercover up to McNulty, cop. and he was like, "Yeah, this dude like completely just made this shit up." No, yeah. but I love that that, that the way he's moving and stuff, like a dude like with ticks or whatever, and then he was like, and Gene Parmesan like, at yep, your service, yep, like yep, yep. Very Gene Parmesan's McNulty. Especially when he's like, "Give me a dollar to make it look realistic." It's Gene Parmesan. Hey, yeah, you could if you just got it. Everything he did would be exactly the same. <laughs> also, the the uh, you got to give me a dollar to make it look realistic. I had been talking about the Ocean's movie earlier, and I do love the scene in Ocean's Thirteen that this reminded me of, where one of the guys is like working in the in the restaurant staff for it, and then he just goes and delivers the guy's food, and then he puts his hand out, and they're like, "What?" And he's like, "We split. We pull tips. They're gonna think I'm kiting. You guys need to do this." Like, I, yeah, it's little touches like that. So. Very this good. is what this reminded me of. It was easily... This I was my favorite scene in both the, the episodes. Gene so the next thing we have here, and I honestly don't remember so, this... Oh, go ahead, Ian. I was just going to say, so yeah, what we're learning is that, you know, McNulty has structured this thing. You know, he's, he's created this killer, but then you also have... We're, you know, we, we're learning that Tom McCarthy is playing, you know, what Stephen Glass. Stephen Glass, yeah. And he's, he's just Glass. making shit up, and he basically got... He... he made up that he got involved with this story at some point during the season like mcnulty like fake calls him as the serial killer or whatever and so this so they're both caught up in this lie that start that is dovetailing now 
And the only um, person who re- seems to really suspect it is uh, Gus. Yeah, I, no, I have the actor's name somewhere in my notes. Uh, Clark Johnson. You know why? You know why Clark Johnson's a hero? He directed both the pilot and the finale. Huh. Awesome. In addition, Good for him. In addition to being, huh. the, you know, one of the characters. Wait, this. wait, so, wait, wait, yeah. wait. Is this person the ultimate, as you know, king? Did he only direct the pilot in the finale? <laughs> uh, oh. Let's find out. I think he did a few more, but. Well, that, that would suck. I want him to only have done those two. Uh, he did. So, no, he did the first episode, the second episode, the fifth episode, the final episode. So, really close. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So close. So, he directs several episodes of season one, and then they're just like, we're going to bring you back to play a character, to yeah. play like the, the good journalist, the editor of Baltimore Sun. Gus he's Haynes. great. He's, 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 uh, I, he, and he was on homicide. He had been on homicide for, yeah. for a period. Um, Marlo and his crew learn of Snoop's death and agree that Michael must be eliminated. I don't even remember this happening in this episode. Don't know That's who any of those people around. are. It's one of the parts where... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just get lots who of... Who are all the people that are outside in the scene with like the cars where somebody gets shot? And he's like, my uncle used to do it, but now I do it. Oh, that's at the end. Are you talking at the at the at the rim shop? Oh, uh, hey, um, there's another character who appears that we haven't talked about. Probably the notes don't even include him at all. Which is we get some more callbacks to the previous season in season four because one of the kids we see we see um, yeah uh, where he takes uh, money. He's, we yeah, see Michael. Oh, yeah. I mean that's no, at the, that's Michael. at the no, end. It's we're no, we're jumping. No, right it's ahead. not Michael. We're it's not talking Daquan. about Michael. Okay. Oh, you're talking about Dookie. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, this this Who, is a bummer. Yeah, so we see we see him uh, going to meet with the old teacher, uh, uh, Prez Belusky, uh, Prez, who looks I uh, look, he looks like an emaciated Kevin Love in this scene. Yes, he does. Uh, with the beard. Yes. Yes, and so he's just like, hey, you know, I just need a couple hundred because he was the teacher. He used to be a cop, but then he accidentally shot another cop. Yeah, and, he killed a plainclothes officer. And then yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he only had so, the job in the first place because his father-in-law was a major and then yeah he became middle school teacher and so he's like arguably like the closest thing to a protagonist of season four which is maybe the best season television ever made and, and it's, uh, uh, yeah, i mean it's not but it's really great and it's deeply crushing it bummed me the hell yeah. out and then i was so and then steven was the one who was like yeah we should do, i want to do the wire and then we i watched the scene and I was like, right, yeah, Stephen picked the wire. I'm gonna be bummed the fuck out for a little bit here because yeah. I'm remembering the whole season four plot line. And that's you know, I mean, you get everything you actually really need out of that scene of the, that. Yeah, this this really like, communicated yeah, the human side of the show more than any other thing that we saw in either of the two episodes. I was like, oh yeah, okay, yeah. this is what this show does to you. Cool, feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Marlo and his crew, yeah, they're in prison and learn about how Snoop's been killed and like oh, needs to be eliminated. I remember this scene. Now. And, it's, and meanwhile, uh, Cheese, the Method Man character, uh, love you. Love you, is Method Man. Able, able to post a bail, so they're like, you need to take him out. And then Lester tells McNulty that uh, Daniels and, and Rhonda know about the hoax yeah. and the illegal wiretap. And we get the best thing that actually happens in both of these episodes, 
which is uh, McNulty getting on an elevator. You, you get with <laughs> with Lance Riddick, and it is completely silent. It's just doors open. It's only Lance. He gets on the elevator, completely silent. I wanna, I wanna the, compliment. I would be terrified to get an elevator with him. Yeah, I want to compliment the guy McNulty in this scene. Yeah, because never before have I been staring at a guy and been like, "That's actually a dog with his tail between his legs." <laughs> like that's actually that's not a guy. That's a dog. And its tail is between its legs, and it's looking down. Listen, let me tell you, um, uh, Dominic West, pretty good at playing a dog with his tail between his legs. I mean, remember when he went uh, crawling back to his wife after he was seen with Lily James? Folks! That was all just an ARG for The Affair. Probably. <laughs> the show that he's currently on. Um, the Affair, a show that I think has also ended. But Lance Riddick leaves and then just looks back at, at uh, Dominic, and it's just this, like... To, to be, be continued, <laughs> which is like in his I, incredible voice. Yeah, I would die. So Levy uh, now looks through the arrest warrant for Marlowe and realizes that the police used an illegal wiretap. Uh, this is the most process fucking shit that happens in this episode. There's yeah. so much bureaucracy in this episode. Yes, there's a lot. Like, That's why this yo, episode's a bit of a slog. It's yeah, where he's like, if bit? they arrested you, that only took like an hour. They had to go through all of this process. It would take much longer, which means that they already have this stuff. They had the numbers already blocked. How do they have that? They've got you wiretapped. It's got to be illegal. We've got them right where we want them. But instead of it like that, it's just like a more drawn out thing. And he's using like terminology. And you're just like, what is he saying? The extreme attention, like, the extreme detail orientation of this show is where, like, it shines through that David Simon was a fucking beat reporter, like, and... Uh, yeah. And a crazy yeah. person. Yes, he is a lunatic. Meanwhile, there is another homeless person who has actually been murdered uh, by a copycat, uh, as discovered by Bunk and Kima, who is now a homicide detective. Yeah. Sure. And uh, it is, uh, it's, it's absolutely great that they're like, nothing bad will come about us. Oh, there's a copycat killer? The weirdest... I do not find serial killers interesting. This is something we've talked about. I find the idea of a copycat killer fascinating. Yeah, I would, I would watch it like a procedural show that was only about like people who were experts on copycat killers. Maybe that exists. We gotta call Fox tomorrow. Yeah. It does wind up weird, though, that there's like a... It turns out that it's another homeless guy who doesn't seem to have any sort of mental awareness... So I'm not really clear how we learned about the existence of the previous serial killer and thus was able yeah. to, like, copy it. But that's me being Or how McNulty was able to be, like, quickly pull him out and be like, this is the guy. I have no idea how he solved it. It's yes. just a classic yeah. good But I do idea, like everyone being know, like... Like, great minds think alike. That's <laughs> true. It's, yeah, he, he Will Grammed it. He's uh, like, as, as the killer himself. <laughs> this is my design. I, I like when Rawls is just like... You're not killing them yourself, McNulty. That <laughs> yeah, that Please tell me that much. <laughs> Please tell me that much. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean, um, that's, the, that's the best shit in this episode is when Rawls and Daniels are mean to McNulty in this because you get to hear the two of them growl at him. Yeah. Because he's just like, what yeah. What the fuck? I, well, I, what the fuck did I do? One, one of the few times I had fun watching color. the finale was that scene. Yeah, and like McNulty even accounts for like one of the, one of the, uh, you know, supposed homicides is uh, a guy that he sort of was related to that he just drove over to Virginia and dropped at a homeless shelter. Yeah, that <laughs> and was, he that, was like, he yeah. went missing. They make that killer. They arrest that guy. They pin two of them on him so that way Carcetti can get elected because he can't 
you know, he, it can't go wrong for him. If it goes wrong for him, it's going to go wrong for a bunch of other people. Yeah, it's it. Listen, yeah. the lie's too big to fail. And there's all this other stuff going on that's like Rawls, you know, wants to be like in theory Rawls to be commissioner, but they like, can't have a yeah, but like they don't want to make him full time commissioner because it's a majority black city and it looks bad. And you know, Carcetti doesn't want to look like that when he ultimately wants to be governor. So he gets this state police thing, and they they bump Daniels up the chain uh, to be the commissioner. And they're like, you got to keep fucking with the stats so our clearance rates are still good. And he's and like, nah, I'm not going to, no, I'm done. They're surprised <laughs> when the principal, yeah, they're surprised when the character has been established as principled sticks to his principles. Yeah. And they're like, okay, fine. It looks like you're stepping down for family reasons. Oh, God. We also get Narice Campbell, who's like the incoming. We you do know, not need to talk about Narice. Yeah. She's Literally, there. all that happens is she gets to be mayor and she's like, I can also play the game. And then yeah, she picks, and she's based um, on some really famously corrupt Baltimore city yeah. councilwoman and mayor. Uh, and so the, they pick, they do wind up, you know, like, yeah, Daniels doesn't get to be commissioner. Instead, he just goes to be a lawyer because he's got his degree. And um, what I want to say Volchek, but that's not his name. Volchek. Yeah, Volchek is the character in the OC that kills Marissa. Spoilers for the OC. Sorry. Damn. Um, uh, the next thing mentioned here is that we have the scene of cheese uh, at, like, bragging so, to all these other dudes about well, how... Well, before we get to that, yeah. so what happens is that Marlo gets his established... Like, we learn that Marlo is going to get out of the game because that's the deal that the, his lawyer manages to yeah. strike. Is like, we can pro- they can charge it again if you ever commit another crime, so you have to be good. Yeah, like, oh, not cool, commit I'll any sell more my crimes. For- <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, I'll sell my connection for $10 million because he has this hookup. So he, he's like, I'm in and out of the game, $10 million. So this group... That, like, basically the drug dealers formed a union a few seasons ago. The New Day Co-op. the dealers formed a union. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go to bed? Uh, Is Cheese his nephew? Cheese Cheese is the nephew of Proposition Joe, who's a character who's an amazing character that we did not meet, unfortunately. Uh, But no, so so the group gets together the $10 million to buy this connection to this character called the Greek. Uh, who is the the person who we see? Who we see in the cl- we see him in the closing montage. Yeah, they they want to get themselves to the Greek because they're like <laughs> that guy's got the good hookup. <laughs> but uh, so so that the, so uh, the this this group the co op I think is what they call it. The New Day co op. The New Day co op again. Yeah, the the drug dealers have formed a union. They are they realize that they are stronger together. But yeah, they say so they have a part where they they're like we're gonna meet and we're gonna talk about it all. Like, where we're going to get the $10 million. And Cheese, Prop Joe's nephew, is just like, I'm good for a hundred. I'm good for like 900000 I can take care of that part. He had he, was, he had earlier been with his uncle, Prop Joe, but when the winds changed, he was with uh, Marlo. Marlo. And then the winds are changing again. And he's like, I'm a survivor. You know, and he gives a speech that is great. Like, I love Method Man in the scene talking about, like, there is no such thing as the good old days. That's a lie we tell ourselves. And while he's in the middle of giving this all, Slim Charles pulls out a gun and shoots him in the fucking face, in the fucking head, and it's great. And everyone's and, like, "Come on, man, what'd you do that for?" The, like, no one the, really cares. Like, the one come guy on, who man. hates this you guy. Idiot. What'd you do that for? You sentimental. We're short a guy now. <laughs> you cost yeah, us money. On. Yeah, well, the, the exact line is the guy who's standing next to Shaq if he got crushed by a thwomp. Yes, uh, that uh, is how Stephen did describe one of the guys. <laughs> do you remember this guy? 
I know who he's talking about. I heard him say it. That sentimental <laughs> motherfucker just cost us money. Yes, and I love that. That sentimental motherfucker just cost us money. As a sentimental mo- motherfucker, really did enjoy that. Yeah. Also, yeah. it's just she, great that Method Man's like, yeah, I'll be on this show for a while. I'll play this guy that fucking sucks. Like, that's Jesus, like, role throughout from says, seasons two through five. <laughs> uh, one of the dumbest characters on TV with one of another iconic line, you know who got the fattest asses and the tightest, and the tightest puss- pussy? Midgets. Yeah, that is what he says. Uh, he also has the line where uh, when his crew gets robbed by Omar's crew, he goes, he had this one hoe that was pulling guns out her pussy. Shit was unseemly. I forgot that I've that's heard, I've heard you say that yeah. line before. But I imagine I, Method Man saying that, and it's much better. I did forget that you, that is where shit is unseemly. Like, I sent that in, like, a message last week. Oh, yeah, it's a uh, deeply important show to me, and I forgot until I was watching it again. I was like, oh, right, I love, the, I love this show. Yeah, and then we get this, this final closing montage where they play the season one version. So one thing about The Wire is every season has a different version of Way Down in the Hole by Tom Waits uh, as the theme. There are, oh, there are just, nothing about the Bub storyline is in no, here. So yeah, this synopsis is not great. There are two other things that I just briefly want to touch on then from this that I remember that stood out to me. One is just Bob's talking with um, Steve Earle because this yes. is the part where Steven looked over to me and said, <laughs> "Did I do that?" Yeah. So because uh, <laughs> Steve Earle plays Shut the a. Fuck up, <laughs> Steve Earle plays uh, like uh, like a uh, like a narc- well, he plays like a narcotics anonymous uh, yeah. counselor, uh, and he talked about how he was in charge of the circle, and then he like quotes um, uh, Kafka about yes. like the suffering of all man, and and he's like, "Oh, did you read that?" And he's like, "No, no, no, Flubber gave that to me." And then Stephen looked at me and goes, "Did Kafka write Flubber?" <laughs> and I just stare at him. <laughs> like, if I found out if that, that was Ron's an adaptation it somewhere, was an adaptation of a different Kafka short story, yeah, I would be floored. I'd be like, "All right, I would lose I would, my mind." <laughs> on, no, yeah, I would. I would not be. Yeah, I would not. I would not be like, "Yeah, all right." I'd be like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry." What What does that have to do with the? What does Flubber have to do with the ridiculous nature of human existence? I, yeah. What doesn't I it have to do with the ridiculous thing. nature of human existence? It's, yeah, this uh, this skips over a bunch of things. Just like so bubs. There, there was that the the bubs because there's a story being written by bubs in the newspaper that's just like a, a human interest piece about like his struggle oh. to return to sobriety. Where's Where's why, why Gail Bedecker show up? Interested bubs. Gail Bedecker is the managing editor of the paper. I just uh, remember him being. I'm sorry, there. I don't. I don't. Yes, guys. I'm sorry. Do you mean Wags? Who? Am I the only Billions head on this call here? Yeah. Is David Costabile on Billions? Dude, he's Wags on Billions. He's the best character on Billions. He's the best Someone character on Breaking Bad. A gourmand, a raconteur. He's the a guy libertine. who cares the most about he's... coffee on Breaking Bad. <laughs> he's the guy who yeah. sings uh, whatever the Major Tom song on the uh, karaoke or whatever. Just another scene that uh, I stood out to me, just because it's a scene that I have recreated in my life, and Matt has been a part of a recreation of this. Which is when they eulogize McNulty. They have the wake for yes. him. He's just laying on a table as they all talk shit around him. Because <laughs> this is what and they then, throughout the show. They like if they do this to actual dead cops, they do like a wake at this cop bar and then sing uh, 
the body of an American by the Pogues, but they do a fake one for McNulty because he's on his yeah. way out. And we have done this for a friend a few days before he had his first child. We did. His body laid out on a table. Uh-huh. It was great because then I got to have a conversation with Stephen about how uh, you can just say Shane McGowan in Ireland and people know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, because somebody was like, oh yeah, Shane McGowan always said this and this and this. And I was like, Ugh, I don't know who that is. And they were like, what the fuck? What? They, you, were, like, you were deported immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, you know, the singer from the Pogues. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. oh right. That guy. Yes, and I David, know, David Simon fucking loves is. the Pogues clearly between this stuff. And also in the first season, there's two bumbling drunk Irish cops named Poke and Mahone. Well, that uh, also just means kiss my ass. Yes, uh, and I just I, I just loved the scene also because it's like, uh, yeah, it's a bunch of people that I would I find to be repellent in real life saying things that I deeply disagree with, but boy, did it really make me want to have some Jameson. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna this closing montage after McNulty goes Mark up your to Richmond board. and finds. Yeah, we also had McNulty had the showdown with Templeton where he was like. I'm like I made all this shit up, so I know you're making shit up, so I can say this shit, and you can't do anything about it being on the record because no one believes you because you're a fucking liar. Uh, and but he goes up to Richmond, retrieves his like second cousin, homeless guy, or ever drives back to Baltimore, stops to look at the city, and we hear the season one version of Way Down in the Hole uh, by the Blind Boys of Alabama. Blind Boys of Alabama. Important to note that the one that we heard in this episode is Steve Earle's Bingo version. Board. Um, yeah. And we get this montage where we see Tommy Carcetti is elected governor and Maurice Campbell becomes mayor and, you know, the police uh, Rawls, promotions Rawls happen. gets to be the um, He gets sort of, of the, state police. Yeah, state police. For uh, for MSP. And uh, because Daniel stepped down, they went to having to go with the white commissioner anyway and they promote Stan Veltrek, who's a huge asshole. Uh, and corrupt or something like that. Yes. Uh, Rhonda is now a judge and has to recuse herself from her very first case because she's in a relationship with Daniels and he's the one arguing it. Uh, okay, this important plot line is Marlo, you know, tries to go legit. Levy takes him to some high society party and he just leaves because he's like, this is, will never be my scene. And he's just like on a corner and he's just some guy now. Uh, yeah, well, he, he, he sees some thugs. He goes up and he's like, do you know who I am? And they're like, no. And then he beats the shit out of them and like steals their gun. Gets hit as well, though, and is just like, oh, this is what I love doing. And it's important to note that he exists in contrast to the Idris Elba character who wanted everything that Marlowe is now about to turn down. Because all he yeah. wanted to do was become a legitimate businessman. He has, uh, you know, the best line actually in the show, which is, are you taking notes on a criminal fucking conspiracy? Because someone's taking <laughs> effectively minutes on the union meetings that they're having with the co-op, but it's... They're having know, meetings talking. that uh, that observe Robert's rules of order. He also has the, sit your ass down. Chair don't recognize your asses. Yeah. Uh, DSA needs more people like Stringer Bell, is what we're saying. God, no, it doesn't. Uh, Stringer <laughs> Bell is also an idiot, uh, unfortunately. That's a I don't huge, know what you're talking about. As, as uh, Bomani Jones would argue. Um... There's another crew being run by a minor character named Spider uh, on the corner that used to be Bodie's. Uh, right. Michael, we've, we do see Michael, who was mentioned earlier, and he does an Omar-style stick-up of uh, Vincent, who's the guy so, who yeah, runs that the auto body thing, uh, and shoots him shoots with shoots a shotgun. In the yeah. yeah. Uh, the remaining co-op members meet with uh, the Greek and Vondas, who are like the sort of like basically the bad guys of season two. That are um, they the ones where it's like, did he have hands? Did he have a head? Did he have a face? 
Then it wasn't face? us. Yeah, yeah, that's them. They that, that that bodies would wash up that didn't have hands or They might be heads. the most, like, yeah, the truly most evil characters in all of the show. Um, have they have Eastern European accents? Uh, yeah, but, like, he's, like, the Greek is called the Greek, but he's not even Greek. No one knows what his identity is or whatever the other it's like it's like how the, some the accent we were doing is a ukrainian guy named yeah. boris that they employ <laughs> i'm just but saying no, this kicks like ass like i, I want to see eastern european oh. guys who are evil <laughs> yeah watch season two watch just the john to it just watch the john wick movies actually that too well yeah okay i've seen those those are amazing <laughs> how could you not love john wick and yeah so uh everyone yeah, Dookie used the money he borrowed from Brzebuluski to feed his new they drug addiction with that guy that has the horse. I uh, don't. Remember, I did not remember there being a horse in this. Probably episode. the most surreal thing to, to see is this, that, that random horse uh, in here. Uh, Deeply weird. And which isn't the that guy that surreal, the guy that makes up stories wins a Pulitzer um, for his made which, up bullshit. If you are not aware that that is given out at Columbia and is shaped like that, you're like, I don't know what the deal is with this scene. <laughs> That's well, I mean, they talk about, like, you'll probably win a Pulitzer, and then this guy was an award you can put together at the Pulitzer, and Gus is demoted to being to the copy desk, and Alma, who is, like, an intrepid reporter, uh, who's played by Lawrence Gilliard's wife, uh, is demoted to go work in Carroll County, uh, which also has a newspaper that I've worked on. Um, Classic. Anyway, <laughs> and they also arrest Kennard, the kid who killed Omar, <laughs> I honestly missed that that one even happened. Yeah, probably. And I get, there's that other stuff that's not mentioned here, like Sidner, who's like a very minor cop in the Major Crimes Unit, is in basically the role McNulty was in the first episode, where he's talking to Judge Phelan about yeah, how, yeah. like, yeah, so yeah, he, yeah, like he, the whole thing is like this. All this whole thing is a yeah, cycle. All of this has happened before. All of this will happen again. And then there's this scene where, like, there's the woman who's taking notes, and the guy who's got a big cigar in his mouth is like. There you go, giving a fuck when you shouldn't give a fuck. Sound yeah, like bunk. Philadelphia's bunk. version of Boomhauer. <laughs> Stop, Stop saying that this is in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> we did get at least one instance of Bunk saying, you happy now, bitch, in this, yeah. right? Just that in the premiere. I mean, there's a whole there's a whole like three-minute scene in this show where the only words are fuck or motherfuck or motherfucker. That's just Bunk and McNulty inspecting a, yeah, a like, crime scene. Fuck. As they figure out how it happens. Good show. Yeah. Is there anything anyway, else? Anyway, that's movie? that's the wire. I was I was having the moment. I was like, I don't know. Like, do I still think the wire is that good? And I was like, Oh yeah, no. It's it's a it's the Citizen Kane of, of television in the sense where you're like, I don't know. It's kind of undeniable. It's kind of boring to say it is, but that's just how it is. Yeah, I think that's one it's of the good. reasons why I, I thought it was so guys. boring to watch is because it's so like obviously just like, oh yeah, this show is what people say it is. Like, I don't have anything insightful to say. It just, like, is the kind of, like, artfully boring thing that I said it was when I had knew less than nothing about it. And now I know almost nothing about it. And I feel yeah. the exact same way. It's a, it's a, it's like one of those basketball teams or football teams that has solved the sport for a brief moment of time. So you're like, I don't like, even know Why do I even want to watch just, this? <laughs> this is yeah, Barcelona in the early 2010s. Bama. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's Barcelona in the 2010s. It's Bama in the early 2010s. Where you're like, you just got it. You got it figured out. Matt, did we thread? Do we do the needle thread that you're trying to do? Where it's like this is a show that you would never watch, but you're glad you watched the amount that you did. No, because the finale was 90 minutes long. Yeah, it yeah. Been if- an hour, we might have done it. The stance that I can't kind of come away with, especially from doing this podcast, is just like, 
no more movie length episodes yeah, of television. Fuck that shit. Of any kind. Like, if you want to, if the just make want to really give the fans something finale, and you can do like. If you do, you can max out at seventy. Better Call Saul does that sometimes. I can deal with it. Ninety is always too much, even in shows that I love. You just, it just doesn't need to be. Which yeah. is why I will never get the chance to apparently make my picks of ER. I think I. Oh, I mean, to we'll so do that. Times. It's just. No, yeah, I mean, like, we, we can believe it. that it's wrong and still watch it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, the doubt and rule again is you get two. I think a ninety. I think a ninety minute pilot makes more sense than a 90 minute finale to me actually i agree I'm like I, think 90 minute fina- I think it makes way more sense to the finale because like mm-hmm. everyone that's in. watching the finale because everyone yeah is brought in except for the people that host a dumb podcast like this <laughs> yeah and, like but, you're but also wrapping up us, a bunch a 90 of plot minute threads. pilot makes more sense yeah, yes no but the other thing too is like i think that with 90 minutes in the pilot you're like okay we got we got to set some stuff up and then we yeah. can kind of get that yeah, out yeah. of the way 90 minute finale is where you're just going to get too masturbatory and you're going to be yeah. like look at us let me pat myself on the back. We did it. This is also wrapping up, like I said, character. season five also is only 10 episodes and the rest are 13. So it's like wrapping up um, more, more than they would have to normally. That was the wire. Uh, and next week we've got a me pick and I really agonize because next week we'll be recording probably on Travis's birthday. And I, I offered him the opportunity to make the pick because I like to reward my friends and Travis said, I don't care. And I that, didn't get a pick I on my like. birthday. I'm actually remembering. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. That I heard. wish I'd picked something I actually wanted on my yeah. birthday. The well, problem was I picked The Wire two weeks ago, and we skipped right, a week. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so that's how this all worked out in that way. But, uh, so I, I thought hard on this because I wanted, I wanted, you know, it's the thing where I tried to do something nice for Travis, and then he said, I don't care. And I was like, cool, I'm going to try and do something mean to Travis now. <laughs> and I thought long and hard about this. I respect this. it. Yeah, I knew that you would, and I thought long and hard about this. And it's funny, because you mentioned that quiz earlier, and how your number one was that guy from The Wire. Do oh. you know who my number one was on that quiz? Because it's I where we're recall. going next week. Buddy, we're leaving Baltimore behind. We are going to the bright lights of New York City. Because, folks, we're sticking on HBO, and we're doing Sex in the City. Yes! Oh, hell yes. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> So Were that's you a what Carrie or a Charlotte or a... <laughs> I was a Carrie, and I can't wait to find out if I actually am. I can't wait <laughs> to find out all yes. about Aiden and Mr. Big and whatever nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone seems amped. We're all excited. Dude, all we, excited got, we got two we weeks in a row that are going to kick ass. Let's just... <laughs> uh, so just, who knows the least about that... Sh- about the... We all know about something, Sex in the City. Right? We all know something about that show. Yeah, okay. I feel like we're all roughly on the we same level. I've never seen more than one... Episode. I've never seen a full episode of it, but I've seen a lot of it. I have never watched the show. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I've not seen a second uh, of this show. Okay, let's, let's just make Travis do it. Yeah, I'm gonna put 30 seconds on the clock. Travis, you tell me everything you think the show is about, starting now. Sex and the City is about four women who live in New York. Uh, Carrie Bradshaw is Sarah Jessica Parker's character. She's writing like she writes some sort of advice column, I believe. Yeah, more than I know. Uh, and they all whatever learn about. Various different. Can you name the other characters? There's Carrie and Charlotte, and I can never remember what the Samantha and the other one. Uh, No, no, no. no. (laughs) Cynthia Nixon ran for governor uh, and lost, but ran on a leftist platform, which is weird. (laughs) Miranda was the one you missed. Miranda, sorry. And I think that's. Is that the. 
Cynthia Nixon character? Who knows? We we don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll find out next know. week. We'll when never we do, find out. When we do sex. That's in another the city. one's being rebooted, right? So we gotta we're getting it in under the Yeah, uh, we're going we're getting these reboots. Well, I mean there were two movies. Listen, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's as you know. And you can find us at As You Know Pod on Twitter. You can like and rate and review wherever you listen to this podcast. We would love that. You can find me at Psyop Abelman on Twitter and Instagram. You can find Steven if he has anything he wants to say. You can find me. You can find him at... Come fucking find me. You can find him... No, find me! You can find him at Stephen Doughton. Oh, please don't follow that uh, Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) The AirPods that we're using to record this episode just died, so we can't hear what our co-hosts have to say. My AirPod just died, so I am flying blind. Thanks for listening. Stephen, you want to take us home? Yeah. Uh, This is... My fucking dick in your ear. (laughs) Aggressive one to end on. Thanks for listening. (laughs) It's an aggressive show.